District. Rudy, please unmute yourself and let us know what's going on today. Welcome. Uh, hey, Amanda, how you doing? I'm doing well. Are you? Uh, pretty good, actually. Um, it happens that there's a protest happening at uh, Amy Klobuchar's office, and so... Oh, it's yeah? Pretty, yeah, it's pretty close to where I'm playing soccer, so I decided I'm going to pop over, but I thought maybe you guys might enjoy the festivities as well yes thank you very much for including us in that what do you know what the is it do you know what it's about um yeah so it's an anti-war one it is being Ah. by uh, a what was this so emergency response protest stop bombing gaza ah okay 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 but, so you're uh, going to go over there and check it out? I'm going to go over there, check it out, um, lend my support. Um, and, you know, um, I was at a protest last week and basically started, um, uh, what's it called, uh, a call-in just so everybody could hear what is being discussed in Minneapolis. So last week was about um, basically the cop killings, or rather the cop killing people killings mm. mm-hmm. yeah well yeah so, I'm glad you're so headed over there yeah I'm, i was headed over that figured maybe you guys might want to hear this so i don't know but you it's definitely kind of definitely i'm sorry say that again you broke up a little bit i said it kind of fits in but kind of doesn't no, I. You know what? It, it fits in in the sense that that this is about crowdsourcing the revolution. I'm not the only one with information, right? This is about everybody having information to share. That's the wonderful thing about Colin. Is it's not just, it's not just me talking to myself and you listening to me later. It's us talking to each other and exchanging information. I think this is right exactly on target unless unless Allison or Mary gives me a thumbs down I think I think we're pretty okay with this uh. well great I saw a couple of uh, thumbs up um, I will let you guys know as soon as I get there awesome well don't don't get in an accident all right it's a it's election day today right in Minnesota well Allison and Mary I'm letting Rudy drive. I'm very glad that he, that he's in a uh, company. We're gonna we're gonna hang out here. Maybe grab a few more people into the room so that when Rudy's got got um, gets there, he can give us a report. Um, the other interesting things that I found that were um, on GovTrack.us. Um, there's a few there's a few democratic senators who were investigated for travel that was funded or organized by one or more entities prohibited from providing congressional travel like a foreign government or something and during a democratic congress committee on ethics the committee on ethics in the house which is democratically controlled concluded that they did not intentionally accept gifts from prohibited entities and that is a matter that's considered resolved. Republicans that ha- that are on the list of things that have done things that were investigated by the House Ethics Committee. Let's see, Democratic candidate Hank Johnson from Georgia 
was arrested at a protest in July of 2021 and paid a fine. That was resolved. In oh Georgia, Georgia's got some really really wild ones. If you look at the at the history of all of the 400 and something investigations that have gone or 200 and something investigations that this ethics committee has undertaken, there's quite a few from Georgia. <laughs> I'm just saying, I love Georgia. So Republican from the ninth district of Georgia, currently running and an incumbent was fined by Congress an estimated $103,000 for failing to wear a mask between September of 2021 and June of 2022. Ah, he also failed to complete security screening on February 3rd, 2021 and was fined $5,000. So Andrew Clyde must have a lot of money to spend. Marjorie Taylor Greene fined nearly $93,000 taken out of her congressional salary for failing to wear a mask between May of 2021 and March of 2022. Republican from Iowa, Marionette Miller Meeks, easy for me to say, fined by Congress 5-20-21 and 11-30-21 for failing to wear a mask. An Idaho candidate District 1, running for re-election, Republican Russ Fulcher, accused of assaulting a Capitol Police officer when refusing to fully comply with security procedures before entering the House floor on 1-12-21. So six days a week, not even a week after the Capitol got stormed, he was accused of assaulting a Capitol Police officer. And guess what? He's on the ballot in November against Libertarian Joe Evans and Democratic candidate Kaylee Peterson. I now have exhausted everything I know about that district's race. Welcome to the folks that just got here. I'm just kind of reviewing some of the listed investigations from the House Ethics Committee that I found by going to govtrack.us which is a watchdog organization in terms of making it easier for us plebes to get the information about what's going on in Congress. Let's see. There's a few things that are that remain unresolved, like this one from Maryland Republican who's on the ballot in November. Andrew Harris was accused of attempting to carry a concealed firearm onto the onto the House floor on 121-2021, January 21st, 2021. And this guy's on the ballot. He's running in Maryland. It's first district. It's amazing. He's running against a libertarian named Daniel Tybalt. Apologies if I didn't pronounce that right. It's T-H-I-B-E-A-U-L-T. Again, I'm reading these directly from the shared Google Sheets that I have compiled, where I've compiled this information, and the link to that spreadsheet is in the show description. If you would like to call in, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with somebody other than my computer screen. But let me finish. Maryland, Maryland District 1. Democratic candidate Heather 
Mazur and Libertarian Daniel Tybalt are running against Andrew Harris, who brought a concealed firearm onto the House floor. Rudy. Well, I've arrived. Okay, um, Rudy, why don't you fill Derek and, and BK and Karthik in with what's happening? Okay, cool. Well, I'm in Minneapolis, um, right in front of Amy Klobuchar's office. And I'm going to promote you to speaker, okay? Okay. And there's a speaker, actually, and I was, think, I was thinking that I would just get closer so you guys could actually hear that person speak versus me. Yeah, About awesome. In front of Amy Klobuchar's office, because that lady's a warmonger, too. Thank you so much for letting us know what's going on. Oh, good. You guys know the story is making for this He besieged Gaza too. Could he enter Gaza until he killed every single last man? When he entered Gaza, there was only women and children to me. When the British came to occupy Palestine in the early 1900s after World War One, they purposefully evaded Gaza and went west to we can hear you, Jerusalem Rudy. because they couldn't Hello? deal with Gaza. This yeah, is Gaza's history. We're hearing this is a live uh, protest in front of Amy Klobuchar's office in Minneapolis. We can rely on them. To so survive. if you would just let us be, if you would just mute for a minute, so we can hear it. Oh, sure. Sometimes, you know, as I said, how many times have we come out here and stood and moaned and mourned the the, 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 the loss of life and challenged despicable American officials as they continue to make supportive claims for Israel to vote in Congress to supply Israel to replenish their so-called stockpile so that Israel can continue to kill Palestinian children so that Israel can continue to kill Palestinian men because men get dropped out of this a lot when we talk about women and children as if men's lives don't matter this is the situation that we're dealing with but you know what if my friends in Gaza lost some of their friends and were mourning them one day and three days later, they're at a wedding. What does that mean? That means the people of Gaza love life. That means the people of Gaza, Gaza will not let anybody break them. They will not let a bombardment or the Israeli government or Zionism or anything that happens break them and break their will to live. Because we've heard the poem before about Rafif Ziada, Gaza teaches life, sir. And if Gaza can teach us life, if Gaza can teach us that life continues after the most horrific and under the most horrific circumstances, then we better bet that we damn well better continue our advocacy on behalf of Palestinians here in the United States. We will stand here rain or shine. We will stand here in the blizzard if it needs be. We will rush the building. We will talk to Amy. We will talk to anybody. We will harass them. We will email them. We will call them. We will protest them. Anything we need to do at our disposal, we will do. Because you know what? God deserves it. On behalf of American Muslims from Palestine, I appreciate you. you know, I'm not, you know, she made me seem like I'm a big shot from DC. I'm not. I, I live here now. I'm, I, I, I'm, a, I'm in the neighborhood. So you'll be seeing a lot more of me. Thank you so much. And continue doing your work. Continue advocating. Continue the struggle. Thank you very much. I agree. The people of Gaza think that we have a big job to do, and, we, and that is ending U.S. support for Israel. 
And I also agree that the Gaza people are incredibly inspiring. So let's cheer really loudly so people can hear us all the way in Gaza. When Gaza is under attack, what do we do? Stand up, fight back! When Gaza is under attack, what do we do? Stand up, fight back! What do we do? Stand up, fight back! What do we do? Stand up, fight back! Our next speaker is Andrew. Andrew is with the Anti-War Committee. And I think it's important to recognize that we want to be in solidarity and protesting with our sisters and brothers and siblings from Palestine as a part of the diaspora. And we are here with you, but we're also here to end the U.S.'s support for Israel as well as to demand your right to return to your homeland. So please welcome Andrew. Uh, I want to start off by saying that... <clears throat> I want to be clear that as a representative from the anti-war committee, we stand in unequivocal solidarity with Palestine and the Palestinian resistance to Zionist forces in Palestine. And I want to be clear that when I say Palestine, I mean Palestine from the river to the sea. For over 20 years, the anti-war committee has supported the Palestinian right of return, the dismantling of Israeli settlements, and an end to Israeli occupation, and an end to racist apartheid policies in all of Palestine. And as we've already heard, our tax dollars here, as Americans, pay for that occupation. The U That's right, the U.S. sends about $4 billion of our money every single year, and most of that goes to pay for Israel's military, which means our tax dollars go to kill, steal from, imprison, and terrorize the Palestinian people on their own land. And there are plenty of better things to pay for, like, for example, universal health care, which actually Israelis get, and we subsidize it. Our tax dollars subsidize that. And there's absolutely nothing worse to pay for than Israel's disgusting war crimes. And we're here, as we've already heard, in front of Amy Klobuchar's office today, and Klobuchar, who is a quote-unquote centrist Democrat, uh, has failed again and again to respond to the anti-war committee's petition, which is signed by thousands of her constituents supporting the defending the human rights of Palestinian children and families living under Israel Military Occupation Act, which is H.R. 2590, if you want to look it up, which would pre prevent U.S. funds from being used to pay for the violence and oppression directed towards Palestinians, which does not seem like a lot to ask for. Uh, representatives uh, Betty McCollum and Ilhan Omar have supported the bill already in the House, but our petition calls for senators like Klobuchar to put forward similar bills in the Senate, but she has ignored us because she represents the U.S. military machine that Israel props up. That's right. The U.S. doesn't just toss out that $4 billion for no reason. That money pays for the continued U.S. domination of the entire Middle East. And that domination allows for the continued extraction of resources, the continued mm. outright theft of oil, mm. and it continued influence over trade mm. between the East and West under threat of violence. And Amy Klobuchar doesn't support the bill, not only because she's morally bankrupt, which I believe she is, but because she's paid off, paid off with the proceeds of war. And, and even if people like Klobuchar are against us, we're still making gains. Pa Palestine, as we all know, typically only makes the news when Israel bombs Gaza, but the fight continues all the time. There are victories all the time. 
not only in the rising tide of heroic resistance fighting in the West Bank, but here too. In the committee's years of doing Palestine solidarity work, we have seen a huge sea change in public opinion here in the Twin Cities lately. And we've seen from the examples of Ben and Jerry's and now Pillsbury that BDS can win real victories, depriving Israel of the resources it needs to continue its apartheid regime in the face of that heroic Palestinian resistance. And more and more, human rights NGOs and the international organizations are condemning Israel as an apartheid state. It is open now. And we have a duty to keep fighting and to win so that Palestinians can enjoy their right of return, which is enshrined in international law. Before, before I end, I want to invite everyone here to uh, come to a protest we're planning in two weeks, which is at the governor's mansion in St. Paul on Summit Avenue at 5 p.m. on Tuesday, August 23rd, because it's not just federal tax money that goes to Israel, it's our state taxes too. The Minnesota State Board of Investment has millions of our dollars invested in Elbit Systems, an Israeli weapons company that built the apartheid walls in Palestine and is helping build Trump's racist border wall here on the Mexico-U.S. border now. I shouldn't even call it Trump's border wall because the Biden administration is finishing it now. And Elbit sells its weapons bragging that they are, quote, field-tested on Palestinians. And the SBI also invests in Israel bonds, which are uh, which are unrestricted loans to the apartheid government of Israel, for which they can do whatever they want to Palestinians. We are we are going to show people like Walls and Klobuchar and every other political leader in the United States that we will not stand for apartheid and slaughter and land theft. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrew. And thank you especially for reminding us of two things. First, the futility in relying in people like Ms. Klobuchar behind us. And second, the beauty and power of the BDS movement. How many of you have faith that BDS can bring this wall down? We're listening well, to a live protest at Amy Klobuchar's to office, you all thanks to Rudy, who's Although there, there have been tons of victories lately with the BDS movement, the Pillsbury win, the Ben and Jerry's win, and on top of that, Ben and Jerry's planning to sue its parent company for trying to reinstate ties with Israel proper, excuse me, with the occupied territories. Give us a round of applause. But there's, there's some not so good news lately. And that's why we have to gather and continue to remind our officials of what, of um, how to stand for justice and be on the right side of history. Recently, the eighth district court, a federal court, ruled that I quote, boycotts are not part of the First Amendment. And boycotts of Israel, by extension, or at least directly as they were stating it, are not part of the First Amendment. It's not protected. You can you can ban boycotts. That's totally fine. Does that sound constitutional to you? No. Does that sound in line with human rights to you? No. And yet, this is the this is the ruling of a federal court. Rosa Parks is turning in her grave. Our founding fathers are rolling in their graves right now. The very roots of this racist country is rolling in its graves, if that even has any merit to begin with. But, but the point of all of this 
is that now there is an effort. I, I know Andrew talked a little bit about it, but I'm going to expand up. There is an effort within our community, coalitions called the BDS community, a coalition of organizations that AMP and AWC and all sorts of other Palestine groups are a part of that are trying to work to, uh, to support a repeal of anti-BDS laws. Right here in the state of Minnesota, you could lose your state contract if your company or if you as a, as a contractor stand for the BDS movement and practice BDS. That is the most hypocritical and contradictory thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And that is why I think somebody was passing around. There is a protest coming up soon, the, state, the day before the next State Board of Investments meeting, all right, to, to call out, um, to call out the hypocritical stance that the State Board of Investments have taken. And to really affirm that from Palestine to Mexico, all the walls have got to go. From Palestine to Mexico, all the walls have got to go. From Palestine to Mexico, all the walls have got to go. From Palestine to Mexico, all the walls have got to go. From Palestine to Mexico, all the walls have got to go. Thank you, Saab, for ripping off of the BDS message that's super important. Our last speaker is from Youth for Palestine, and as he comes up here, I think it's really important to highlight that not only is it always important to have a youth message, but I think in this particular conflict it is. The news has is, is, is been trying to highlight, or it's done, I feel like a slightly better job than some of these other conflicts, of talking about the fact that this last weekend a third of the people who were killed were children. You know, I think it's important to understand that when we're talking about the way that Israel commits its wars against Palestinians, the way they use collective punishment, the way they use random bombing, it is that, you know, a lot of people are injured and those those people disproportionately are young people. And so I think that's important. We're really excited to see into work committee that we have youth for, uh, youth for Palestine here. And so please welcome Adu Rahman. I just want to remind everybody we've got Rudy broadcasting to us live from anti-war protests. Including over 10 of them being children and over 300 of them, over 300 of them being injured. The people of Gaza have been experiencing this for years. A sort of a young Palestinian girl named Rajat Salam at the age of 11 was hit by Israeli air forces. She was able to survive and escape, but the other half of her body has gone to heaven. As a member of Youth for Palestine, youth have must always be connected to Palestine, whether it's coming to protests or posting on social media. Because the children of Gaza are getting fear sitting in the corner of their house, hearing, bomb up, hearing bombs outside, thinking if they'll be next or not. Most of them get, over 90% of Palestinian children have PTSD and need therapy because of what is happening there. It is not what, this is not what a child should experience. Aggression must come to an end, and yet America still continues to give aid to Israel. They give millions and millions of billions of dollars to Israel every single year. Every single year, this this aid is used to provide weaponry system to Israel. The Israeli Air Force is one of them. Our uh, Israeli Air Force is one of them to drop bombs on Gaza every single year. And if that's not enough, last month uh, Biden went to Palestine to make uh, ties with Israel, and uh, he. Uh, make ties with Israel. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Thank you. As our last speaker talked about, we're spending all of this money, $4 billion a year, to 
literally kill people and children across the globe where our own school systems, our own our own health infrastructure is in disarray. So we think it's really important in the anti-war committee to always address this idea of money for human needs and not for war. Okay? Money for schools, not for war. Money for schools, not for war. Not for war. Money for schools, not for war. Money for jobs. Office at a protest, an anti-war protest. 
If folks wanna if folks wanna call in, I sent yeah, a message to Karthik. Hopefully he'll come back. Oh, there's Karthik. Shut it down. 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 So as people said before, we have a protest coming up at the end of August in front of Walls' office. I hope you got a flyer. Otherwise, I know that AMP as well as the Anti-War Committee as well as WAM are so involved in publicizing it. We want to encourage people that if you borrowed a sign, you could return it to us in the center place. If not, that's okay. And we want to encourage people that haven't voted yet tonight to be able to do so. And we thank you for coming out, even though it was very short notice, because as the speakers have addressed, we always need to stand up when there's an escalation, and we need to stand up even when there isn't an escalation, because every day this war lasts is the day too long. Yes. Thank you, Meredith. And just one last note. I know we all, we've uh, had our share of talking about some uh, less than competent officials and people in office, but there is an opportunity to change that. There is an opportunity to make a dent in our political system. How many of you here have heard of Palestine Advocacy Day? For those that have not, for those that have not, every year, AMP and Americans for Justice in Palestine, or excuse me, Americans for Justice in Palestine runs an event in which you, for free, get to meet with your elected officials and we will train you 100% on how to sit down in a virtual meeting from the comfort of your home to talk to your officials about Palestine. This is a free event that anybody can take part of. All you have to do is sign up if the time aligns with, you, with your schedule and you can definitely make it. It's free, so I would encourage every single person to sign up for this event. Uh, Lahir, what's I want to sign uh, up. Okay. <laughs> Flash one. Now go to ajpaction.org. Again, AJPaction.org. All right? So, free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Free, free Palestine. Thank you guys all for making it tonight. Rudy, can you grab anybody there? Um, yes. What would you like, uh, I don't know. Maybe somebody wanted to talk. Who want? Who might want to talk to us? Because I'll publish this show. I mean, whatever they want to okay. say. You know, whatever. If it if it seems like it, otherwise, no big deal. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, citizen journalist, you're deputized. Beautiful um, speech. Right. Um, so I'm on Colin, which is uh, an app. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Uh, basically, there's a bunch of leftists somewhere online and so I called them <laughs> saying hey you know we're making Amy Klobuchar nervous so um, would you like to sort of communicate just sort of like give them you know your take on what's going on any message because um, the person is publishing it and everything and we want to sort of blow it up as much as possible uh, yeah, so, so you want like a, like a quote to, to put up with it? I mean, no, no, just uh, there's people talking. Yeah. So if you want to just tell them why you're here, you know, because you had a beautiful com uh, yeah. presentation and they didn't even... Yeah. For sure, yeah, no, I, I, I would love to, yeah. 
Um, what, what is it with a group or? Um, yeah. So there's yeah. A, so do you want to um, talk, Amanda? Hi. You know, you can just introduce yourself. I'm Amanda, and we're just having a little call-in show here. Welcome. Uh, Who are I'm you? Amanda. What's your I'm, name? What are I'm, you doing? Um, I'm. My name's Andrew. Um, I'm a member of the anti-war committee. We're uh, a grassroots uh, anti-war organization in Minnesota, based in the Twin Cities. Um, we've been doing anti-war work for, gosh, since 1998. Wow, nice. And so, so you're part of the group that's out here protesting at Amy Klobuchar's office, which Rudy just yeah. called in so that we could kind of participate. There's. There's six hearty souls on the other end of the line listening to your to your comments. Is there anything that because he was he was holding the phone up to the speaker? Is there any message that you want to push forwards for for us or to give us a website where we can maybe get more information or anything? Absolutely. Um, our our website is um, antiwarcommittee.org. Um, so you can find. Um, I mean, a, a lot of you know, past statements we put out on there, um, information Great. about upcoming protests and uh, events we've done. Um, and uh, I, I guess I guess I would just like to say, I mean, I think it was it was communicated beautifully in in, in uh, speeches other than mine, really. But we we really do in in the U.S. have a duty to to stand up against. Um, against what the United States is is doing via Israel, you know, um, controlling the Middle East, uh, committing what, I mean, even the UN has said this is genocide uh, to Palestinians. Um, we uh, we can't let it go on, and it's it's our money that's, that's making it possible, you know, uh, the combination of divestment, sanctions, boycott, and, um, you know, uh, and resistance on the ground. I mean, it, it, it took down South Africa, right? And yes, we 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 have a duty to do that again, uh, and we have the power to make a difference. Even though, I mean, I think with anti-war stuff, it can seem difficult. You know, it's so far away sometimes, but it, it matters. You know, the BDF matters, um, and uh, and we, we can change things. You know, we can uh, we 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 can uh, we can help the Palestinian people gain their liberation. Amy Klobuchar has been really bad on Palestine um, and uh, you know she's a prominent representative of us and she she's a hawk right uh, she like, like Meredith said I think uh, she's, she, she's a hawk she whenever there's some new war you know she's always ready to come out and cheerlead for the administration basically no matter what administration it is Um and that's what we, we come here quite often because you can always find her on the wrong side of history. Um, and Elon's a little bit better, you said? Sorry? You said Elon's a little bit better? Yeah, you know, Ilhan is, has uh, has st- stood up for Palestine uh, numerous times. You know, she's signed on to this bill that I mentioned, H.R. Uh, 2590, that, you know, it's not calling for, like, total total divestment or anything, which would be ideal, but it is, it is it would if it went into effect, it would put a limit on the way the U.S. funds could be used instead of it just being basically a slush fund for Israel to do whatever they want with and do horrible things with. It would at least put a limit where they wouldn't be able to imprison children, for example. They wouldn't be able to demolish homes using that money. You know, it's, it's one step, right? Um, but uh, we really do appreciate that Ilhan and um, Betty McCollum have both 
put forward that bill in, in yeah, Congress. So that's why it's awesome. a good thing. Man, thank you so much. Absolutely. What's your name again? Sorry. Rudy. Rudy? Mm-hmm. Nice to meet you. Take care, man. Yeah. Come by an anti war committee meeting sometime. Definitely. Yeah. Did you get a flyer? For uh, no, I did not. Uh, let me grab one. Well, thank you so much, Rudy. Yeah, so I'll be exiting. I'll, I'll be muting for a minute. Okay, that's fine. Thank you so much. All right, somebody go get Karthik. That was that was quite amazing. I and I told Karthik that I would take him as soon as we were off of the. That was that was an amazing opportunity for the few of us that are here. And I like I said, saying I will publish it. I did change the show title so that it was more obvious. Maybe we got a couple people in here for that. Um, and they make, oh, this, Rudy, this is done. yeah, that money somewhere else. Um, and we got to make them do it, right? Okay, awesome. Man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a nice day. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Oh, actually, no, he was just talking to me about some um budgetary things that they're working on. Um, oh, no, that's, good. that's great. Thank uh, you so much. Yeah, well, I figured it might be something interesting for you guys to hear, but um. I've got a soccer game I'm actually headed to. Um, it's not too far away. Okay. So. Okay. And I did say at the beginning I was going to keep it short, but we had this breaking news. Thank you very much, Rudy, for for bringing it to us. And and may you win your soccer game. So um, I, I wanna I wanna I don't wanna go off of that wonderful protest because that was so it was so good to hear i do want to bring um forward the fact that that we could be doing this with all of our senators and representatives because i don't think there's a single one that hasn't voted for some of these measures and giving them props when they do something right they don't seem to really care about that either um, Derek, please, what you got to say today, sir? Sir. Well, I hope Rudy's not off to play a bunch of Palestinians, you know, <laughs> in which case he needs to just kind of go ahead and take the loss, I think, today. Try not to win. So what's on your mind today, Derek? Well, I'm curious um, if anyone here uh, thinks that a a two-state solution um, is worth pursuing um, or if it's a good idea to pursue it at all. I'm not, I, I don't hear a lot of, uh, a lot, actually, I, I don't hear any um, conversations steered that way uh, concerning the Palestinian-Israeli issues. Um, uh, maybe I'm just missing those conversations somehow, but I'm not seeking them out either, so... Well, I think the the agreed, and I'm I'm no I'm no expert in in that either. But I think the the point of anti-war, and they were out there today specifically because of because of some bombing that went on in Gaza, and so that was why it was specifically related to Palestine today. But the um, Andrew who. Rudy briefly interviewed is with the anti-war committee and and I suspect that they are not simply Palestine. Yeah, I, I really don't know. The, this is come the, the, well 
antiwarcommittee.org is where I'm about to head to go see because I didn't have a chance to ask him because he's in the middle of a big giant, you know. Rudy said there was about 100 people there when he was in the chat. and um, It's respectable. Nice. Yeah, fairly. And, and you know, Amy Klobuchar, is, is, she ran for president, so she's got some visibility. But but I think this comes back to kind of the um, the one of the topics originally for this show, which was watchdogs. You can't have watchdogs if nobody's watching. And it's good if people are watching, but if nobody's sharing that information about what's happening, or nobody knows where to find it because it's buried. You know, it's that old metaphor of drinking. You know, drink, getting information from the internet is like getting a sip of water from a fire hose. You know, it's it's a little overwhelming. And and how do you know? It, it, you can't evaluate what's coming at you because it's just coming at you too fast and hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> just gotta hope that you you don't get you know blasted away. Yeah. Good work, guys. <laughs> but. So the watchdogs are supposed to be the fourth estate journalism. That's what I learned in my propaganda classes when I was in public education in the 70s and 80s. And, and the fourth estate is supposed to be the press, not media, but the press, meaning journalism, meaning people who actually pay attention. They go to the meetings, they read the stuff, they, and they, they translate it for the rest of us because we can't, we can't, it's it's too much of a full-time job. So having journalists do it is good. Problem is, we've defunded all of those positions. So now the networks I didn't I haven't ever lived, but I hear tell there was a time in this country. I don't think I've ever lived in a city that had more than two papers. But I hear tell that it used to be that way. And probably not too long before I was reading because the consolidation of all of the print media, which is where most of the TV media gets there. They're not, unless they're 60 minutes, they're not a doing, or 48 hours, they're not doing a lot of investigating on TV news. They're doing a lot of reporting of news being done by journalists on the ground who are writing for papers. Yeah, we still have a few journalists out there, not propagandists. It's nice to know. Yeah. Right, but isn't it isn't it a shame that that's the exception rather than the rule? Absolutely. And that's wrong. And so, and because there's no money in it and everything is capitalized, it does make it a little bit difficult. So, watchdogs like GovTrack.us. One of the one of the goals that that the founder has still to this day almost let's see it's been 18 years so his his project can now vote <laughs> is 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 providing lobbying for better access and transparency for citizens so getting APIs into place and getting the standard formatting cuz to download government documents or any database I, uh, my husband was a programmer and worked with the census as his data set, which is a rather large data set, the U.S. census. And, and 
every time there'd be a new um, set of data, the format would change by one space or something. And so then it was all janky and, you know, you put shit in, you're going to get shit out. And so what what govtrack.us, in addition to tracking the actual members and what bills are out there, does lobbying to try and make it easier to get that information, probably primarily for the site govtrack.us, but the end result is he's not trying to get it for proprietary reasons. He's trying to make the API available for everybody, including him. It benefits him, but I don't even think that he makes money off the site except maybe donations from people, but I don't know. I just found a lot of very good information linked directly to the original documents from the actual House of Representatives. So it was not editorializing. And in one, and when I looked up the govtrack.us, this is one thing I wanted to make sure to mention, is that, is that the, the evaluation of GovTrack on a website called mediabiasfactcheck.org gave it one of its highest scores as being least biased. Um, and, and there's another interesting, there's a lot of people besides just being pundits and talking about what's happening with the talking heads, there's a lot of people tracking and, and evaluating what kind of data we're getting and what it looks like. So they failed no fact checks over the last five years at govtrack.us. So... I would say it's a fairly reasonably, it's fairly reasonably to, fairly reasonable to conclude it's an okay source for information. The other watchdog that's a rather old institution is the National Committee for Effective Congress, which was founded by Eleanor Roosevelt in 1948. According to their website, it is the most it is one of America's most politically active independent liberal groups pooling contributions from across the country to help elective, elect progressive candidates to Congress. The NCEC backs candidates who support freedom of choice, separation of church and state, gun control, equal rights, and environmental protection. Eleanor, Eleanor should have been the first woman to become president of the United States. That's what should have happened. I, I, I can't disagree with that. So, and, and it, it, it's a, they also have a website and I did add a column on the shared spreadsheet um, because there were, there are a few candidates for the House of Representatives that did get um, endorsements from NCEC in 2020, and they are doing their endorsement rounds this time. They're just starting up their 2022 endorsements, apparently. So if you're interested in knowing which specific um, candidates, and it wasn't very many, doesn't look like very many candidates have gotten their A-OK. But Karthik, I appreciate you being patient so that we could hear the protest. What's on your mind today? Oh, yeah, sure. I was having some uh, uh, audio problems, so I've had to, like, hang up and call back in a lot. Um, so I just had a question. So did you make that uh, a spreadsheet uh, above yeah. the, the description? 
Yeah. And that has like the uh, names and everybody like for who's running this year. Yes. Wow, that's really impressive. Must have taken a lot of time and work, hard work. I uh, not a lot of hard work because a lot of copy paste, but it did take some did take some time. But you know, freedom's not free. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm yeah, not. So really that's all. That's all I did. Yeah. I just wanted to. I wanted to have the information because I had this theory about just not electing anybody who's an incumbent. So I needed to figure okay. out. So I kind of did it for myself initially, but now I'm just updating it so that anybody and it's available for anybody to take and use. Okay, are you excited about uh, about like a candidate? Because I'm not really excited for anybody no. running this year. No, not. Not at all. I'm really kind of disgusted with a lot of the electoral politics, but I feel like if we don't even know who's in office or who to pressure, I mean, we can't do anything. For my own sanity, personally, the way that I'm looking at it is is I'm only focused on the federal government and the foreign policy. Because clearly the federal government ain't going to do nothing domestically, so i got to rely on my state for that. So I'm looking closely yeah, at my yeah. state candidates. But that's just my being where I am in life and frustrations. and So, no, I'm not excited about any okay. particular candidate. Yeah, I definitely wish people cared more about local and state politics because, like, it um, is so much more important it is. than, uh, you know, like, I, I know a few years ago, like, when uh, our, our revolution started, like, some... Uh, le- le- lefty media people thought they were like wasting their time because they were more focused on like uh, lo- lo- local level stuff. And I just, but anyway, that's more gossip. But um, you you were talking about, about I know you guys are talking about uh, Palestine and uh, uh, Israel, and um, I, I guess speaking of like electoral politics, like I I know a lot of people are excited about uh, John Fetterman, but um, I I hear he's uh, uh very pro Israel, so um. Yeah. yeah, and and I I kind of am on on your tip that that people don't pay enough attention to local to local and state politics when instead focus on this one premier office of president and don't even really pay that close attention except for as ter- in terms of a ratio of who's in Congress and because th- that's not where it really attaches. So to me. Yeah, it's a it's a hard thing, and I would like to see more people focus. You know what they should have on on the you know how on the news, like I guess Good Morning. So I'm show my age. Good Morning America. There would be a segment. They would go to weather, and you'd get the like Al Roker or whoever, and then it would and then he would like throw to your local weather guy, right? And then you know local weather guy would come up with his little map and show you what was happening in your neck of the woods. Well, why don't they do that for elections? Here's what's happening in your neck of the woods. And then they got their guy in whatever state or whatever community so that I'm not seeing. I don't care, Dr. Oz or Fetterman, really, because I can't vote for them. I don't have any money to influence the election. It doesn't do me any good. But if, if instead I got a little two-second segment about what my representative is doing right now in my district, whether it was campaigning or not, seems like that's a more useful 
thing to have as part of if you're going to put in only a little tiny bit in national news. Seems like you could do something like that pretty easy. Yeah, definitely. And um, uh, speaking of uh, uh, Palestine and uh, Israel again, I know last year when um, uh, uh, Israel was bombing Gaza a lot, I don't know if it was like for a month or something, I saw uh, Rania Kalik, I think it was, talking about how the two-state solution is a scam, I think she said, or like something like that. And it's just like keep pushing... uh, like peace and uh, liberation, just like keep pushing it back, pushing it back. Um, So like, there's never like a discussion of like a one state solution of like, kind of like integration where it's like uh, uh, equal rights for all. I'm I'm not sure how you guys feel about that, but I thought that was like a a good theory or idea. Yeah. I'd I'd love to talk to her about that. I, I missed an opportunity just because there were so many, callers one day when it would have been you know really relevant uh, to bring up um but yeah I, I have nothing but respect for her um as far as i know I, I've, I've never even disagreed with her about anything especially concerning the middle east but as far as a two-state solution goes i mean that that could depend on how it's defined uh, the sort of conventional um simplified understanding of what a uh, two-state solution looks like, um, I think it has become a barrier to constructive conversation on the issue, personally. Um, From what I know, the the land that originally was Palestine, that Palestinians occupied and claimed historically, you know, included huge tracts of land in what is now Syria and and Jordan, um, among other nations, but that's the bulk of it from what I've seen, um, very old maps. Um, so, I, you know, I wonder if, if uh, you know, Syria, Jordan, other countries in the region are sort of uh, getting a, a pass on criticism concerning the establishment of a homeland for Palestinians that would include that land as well. Um, so, so I think it's I all very bring- debatable. You know, sorry. I want to I want to bring it back around to where we were with the accountability on this because this is this was this was a specifically triggered by a bombing in Gaza by by Israel, but was the focus was was anti-war also, and that's kind of I mean since I have no expertise and. N- no offense to to you, Derek or Karthik or anybody else on the call that may be an expert in these things, but I'm not comfortable wandering into one of the most. Um, well, let's just say I'm not trying to get my ratings up by having some big conversation about Israel and Palestine because I think it's fucked because nobody's being nice to anybody else and everybody's being <laughs> right. selfish. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's just I'm where definitely I am. not. I'm definitely not an expert um, at all. That's why I was so interested in what uh, she might have to say uh, on her call-in show. Uh, I really wish I would have gotten in there sooner, um, but I didn't. Um, You know, but, you know, sometimes you don't really need to be thoroughly informed in all aspects of a, you know, a conflict like this or an issue like this. Um, There's, it's very common for common sense to be pushed aside because a lot of people have agendas and biases. Always, that, uh, always. 
you know, they they use to manipulate others with. Um, But yeah, at no point would I suggest in any way that Israel is any at all less accountable, (laughs) you know, um, at all for anything. I mean, the right to self-determination, you know, Allison pointed out that it was uh, hard to talk about a two-state solution when genocide's going on. Um, I don't, I don't think that's true. I think it's easy to talk about trying to fix a problem when lives are on the line. I mean, she didn't, she didn't mean anything bad by that, but, um, investigating all aspects and all, all trajectories that lead towards peace is is wise. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I, whether, you know, you would go so far as to call it genocide. I I don't know. It, It certainly looks like it at times. That's for fuck sure. Um, well, and, and apartheid and definitely. Outside. So, well, then it's outside. It's outside of what what this show was meant to try and tackle for sure. And and I do want to um, just go back really quick. There's a four states having primaries today, and I'll get those um, results up as soon as I can. I got last week's elections results up, the ones that I could on the shared spreadsheet. Please go visit govtrack.us. There's a lot of really interesting stuff on the Ethics Committee webpage, and it all just goes straight to first-person documents from Congress, so it's it's got no bias to it. It's just the information. And, you know, I'm a bit of a government wonk, a bit of a government groupie, so I might try and wade into it federal legislation does put me to sleep, but govtrack.us and the other organization, Eleanor Roosevelt's organization is ncec.org and I put both of those links in the description for today's show. I appreciate y'all being here. I believe that Fred Hampton Inns and Suites will be starting at 445 about tonight, and I think Katie Hopper's having a call in at 5.30. I will be back, since that's the thing I care most about, I will be back on (laughs) Saturday. Wait, is today? Yes. I will be back on Saturday. I just lost what day it was. This is how good I am at this. (laughs) This is how good I am at this. When is your next show, Derek? Oh, whenever I feel like I'm emotionally up to the task, I suppose. I love it. That's a that's a perfect. So now, so now I'll know if you're if you've got a show going, you're emotionally up to the task. Thank you it. for calling in, and Karthik, I appreciate you, and and to Rudy, I hope he has a good game. Allison, July, Sean, everyone else who joined us today, I'll be back on Saturday afternoon, about three thirty. Y'all have a great day today.